I'm Sofia Sharanovich, a senior at the University of Houston, and voting matters to me because I want my voice to be heard. I'm Thomas Martinez from Pitzer College, and voting matters to me because I care about the lives of immigrants. My name is Joseph Cho, and I'm a student at Yale University, class of 2022. There are a lot, but arguably the biggest reason why I think voting matters is because it's the best way we can make change on issues we see in current politics. Recently, we've seen a lot of protests and marches, but it's just difficult to get Congress to enact any effective change from them. So practically speaking, I think voting is the easiest way Americans can initiate change. Hi, my name is Melissa Lay, and I'm a freshman in the University of Wisconsin-Madison School of Business, and I'm voting this November because I want to choose the people who will work to make me feel safe in my own country. My name is Morgan Mitchell, and I'm a freshman at Kettering University. Voting is important to me because I want to be a part of the generation of change. My name is Elijah. I'm 17 and go to the University of Michigan. Uh, and I think voting is important because a lot of demographics' voices aren't being heard right now. And if everyone doesn't vote, then they won't be heard. Voting matters to me because it is a right that too few have around the world. But the decisions we make by voting today means that more people might be able to vote tomorrow. I am Pablo Rasmussen, the Director of Government Relations for Campus YMCA and a student at Harvard College. You just heard the voices of college students from around the country as we prepare to vote in the midterm election this Tuesday. This election, which holds significance for millions of Americans, will determine the future of our country's politics. I'm Allison Park, a staff reporter at the Yale Daily News, and this is Cross Campus, a YDN podcast. In this episode, we'll be hearing from the co-founders of the Yale Votes Coalition, our Democratic co-chair for Ward 1, and students from highly contested states, including Texas and Georgia. I'm Keisha Raghavan. I'm a sophomore in Polly Murray College at Yale and a copy editor at the Yale Daily News. Voting matters to me because I believe a democracy can only function when all of its members are heard. Younger adults are an especially important category in a democracy, since many of the decisions made today will mainly come to affect us tomorrow. Over the summer, Jordan Cosby, Harold Eke, and Victoria Mack joined forces to co-found Yale Votes, a new coalition among Yale stakeholders aimed at increasing the political engagement and turnout of students come this midterm election. I have the three of them here with me today to talk about their efforts in shifting the culture around voting. Harold, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell me a bit more about Yale Votes? So Yale Votes is a coalition of student leaders, um, organizations, administrators, um, and New Haven community leaders, all dedicated to increasing voter participation in the midterm elections. We really just wanted to um, combine the efforts that we had seen of a lot of student organizations um, and Alliance Energies share best practices and really just unite um, a a number of different um, stakeholders under one issue. So it's been incredibly exciting. We've had so much support from administrators um, and student groups, and uh, we're glad to have seen an impact. Just a bit about the background and the history of why Yale Votes was started. So this summer, um, Harold, Jordan, and I decided that all of our affiliated organizations had a vested interest in civic engagement, especially within the Yale and greater New Haven community. Um, And for that reason, we decided to kind of band together, like Harold said, and um, kind of combine the efforts and the manpower of all these different organizations on campus. And the reason why we were particularly propelled to do this this year especially was because I think personally that the cultural climate surrounding voting is changing. Um, In social media, um, like Facebook, Instagram, on different sites on the internet, even 
in corporate culture, like for example, the Patagonia um, on Broadway is currently promoting this idea that they're giving employees the day off to vote on election day. There's clearly a lot of momentum surrounding voting and civic engagement right now where we're trying to hop on that momentum and really propel it forward in time for election day to get everyone at Yale voting. Yeah, I think there's a pretty broad recognition among young people that the election's really important. And I think from whatever sort of partisan background you're from or part of the country or interest, I think a lot of people are really recognizing that the decisions being made um, in Washington or in Hartford or in a lot of places aren't necessarily reflective of the priorities our generation holds or aren't necessarily making decisions that are really reflective of the consequences that will be faced down the line. So I think a lot of us are really excited to get engaged and make sure our peers are engaged um, and, and really create a government that reflects the various people who are sort of subjugated to its walls. I think we're definitely moving towards a culture that appreciates and celebrates voting um, as a civic right and a duty, um, and we're glad to bring that momentum to you. Victoria, you had mentioned how the social media and corporate voting culture has been shifting. I was wondering if you could talk a bit more about Yale's campus voting culture specifically and how that has changed leading up to this midterm election. Sure, this is actually particularly relevant today because at breakfast or brunch, I was talking with a few friends about it. And so while I do think in general, campus culture and discourse is surrounding voting is much more um, promotional, and there is this pressure to, to vote because it takes five to 10 minutes out of your day, and it really isn't too much of a harrowing um, chore to do it. There also, at the same time, exists this idea that your vote doesn't matter. So I was talking with a friend this morning about um, how he felt that every vote didn't count, um, that he was from a democratic state where it was always going to be democratic uh, no matter what he voted in, and he only particularly cared about specific issues, um, but given that that issue wasn't in a referendum form on the poll, he didn't feel this inclination to go vote at all. Um, and I think he shares um, a similar sentiment to a lot of people. Like, my, this is a personal issue. Um, my parents don't vote and haven't voted for a while, and I can't convince them to, because they feel that in our state, um, their vote doesn't matter. And probability-wise, perhaps um, it doesn't look like it's very important, but again, it's part of this crowd mentality thing where if we all vote, of course we can make change, and I still believe that. My last question for you all is, why are you choosing to vote in this midterm election? As Victoria was talking about, when we come together and make decisions, we really can have a big impact. And I think for me, there is a really big impetus that I think a lot of um, the decisions that have been made lately and different things are very reflective of trying to divide people and to really separate our interests. When I think a lot of what is needed in our politics is a real sort of desire to come together as a community and, and face a lot of these big decisions. And I think voting is a really important first step for people to take to sort of have some buy-in into the system. And then from there, we can sort of really think thoughtfully about what we want to change and how we want our government to look. But I realized that like below all these issues and all the protests and the um, activism that, that we see today, voting is really the, the, the crucial underlying foundation upon, these, uh, upon which these issues are built. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's why I'm voting. I'm voting um, in order to 
um, respect the, the 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 lives that um, have been lost to give me the right to vote. Right, like voting is a right that has been fought for and bought for with lives, and so I want to respect that. I want to um, honor these individuals that have sacrificed so much for me. So yeah, it's more of a of, of a duty and a, and a privilege to me, and I'm beyond excited to vote. Just echoing that sentiment. To me, voting is not just a right, it's a privilege. Um, I'm female and I'm a minority, and minorities couldn't vote for a large part of American history. Women couldn't vote until 100 years ago, and it would be just a pity and a shame to cede that privilege that I've, um, I have living in this day and age. Um, and moreover, I'm passionate about a lot of issues that are represented um, by the people I'm voting for on the ballot. Um, and so this um, might not change a lot. My vote might not necessarily make my community what I think it should be, but it's definitely a st step in the right direction. One last thing would be just that we really hope everybody will come out in person on Election Day if they're registered in Connecticut. We'll be having free food, a ton of donuts, fried chicken, uh, music, all this good stuff. And we're going to go poster all across campus and remind people the Times polls are open, 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. And if anybody's not registered to vote, they can go down to City Hall just across the green, same day register and vote. So we really think, you know, all this work we've done through the whole semester really hinges on people coming out in person on Election Day and making it happen. So we hope we'll see people there. I'm Ishan Srivastava. I'm a desk editor at the Yale Daily News and a senior in Pauli Murray College. Voting matters to me because I'm an international student and I can't vote here in the U.S. My experience in this country is affected by the leader selected by those of you who can. Hi, my name is Jordan. I'm a junior in Jonathan Edwards College and an editor of the YDN magazine. I'm voting in this election because of all the people in America and around the world who don't get to choose their leaders and their laws. The U.S. Senate race in Texas between Democratic candidate and political newcomer Beto O'Rourke and Republican incumbent Ted Cruz is one of the most highly contested in the country this midterm election cycle. I have one of our opinion editors, Adrian Rivera, and a good friend of mine, V. Tran, here in the studio today to talk about this Senate race in their home state of Texas. Adrian, can you give us a bit of context surrounding the elections in Texas? Yeah, sure. Um, thanks so much for having me on, Allison. Um, so a Democrat has not held statewide office in Texas since 1994. Um, the last person to do so was Ann Richards, um, governor of Texas. Um, everyone should watch this documentary that I've seen about her. It's called All About Ann. Um, it's rated 8 out of 10 on IMDb, so be sure to watch that. And her governorship was a big deal um, in a lot of different ways. She elected or she appointed a lot of women to her cabinet, a lot of people of color to her cabinet at a time where that was not as popular um, to do so as it is today. Um, yeah, and she was really a force to be reckoned with. And what I'll say is that generally, you know, Texas is a conservative state, and it's been a conservative state for a long time. And so when Ann Richards won in 1990, she was going against this guy named Clayton Williams. And in 1990, it was very much a race for Clayton Williams to lose as opposed to, you know, Ann Richards to win. Um, and I'd say that that's sort of the case here. Um, Beto is very much the underdog. If he wins, it's, it's not so much because he won, but rather because Ted Cruz lost. What other connections do you see between Ann Richards and Beto O'Rourke? One thing that I'd say is I feel like Ann Richards was very honest. Um, so she, I think, had um, experimented with hard drugs in the past um, before, she won, um, before she won the governorship. She was a recovering alcoholic. Um, and I'd say that something that Betho really has going for him is his honesty. Honesty is something that everyone values, but particularly in this age where it's 
it's hard to tell who's being honest and who's being genuine and who's being authentic. So V, Tuesday will be the first election you'll be voting in. What has the process been like for you? Um, to be honest, it's been pretty confusing and overwhelming um, just because in high school and even now in college, I honestly have no idea what the voting process is, um, especially for out-of-state voters. And I felt a lot of pressure um, being a college student here at Yale to vote. And I definitely acknowledge the importance of it, but I just didn't even know how to start. Um, and so when I was Googling it, I, I tried doing research about it several times and just got overwhelmed multiple times because it felt like I needed to do multiple forms sent to multiple places. Um, and I had to wait several weeks for whatever forms to get to me to do whatever. I'm still waiting for my absentee ballot, and I don't think it's going to come in in time. But it's it's mostly... Like, it's, it's both my own fault because I sent in the request form late because I didn't understand that I needed to do that. Um, but also, just as Adrian had mentioned, it seems like it's only getting harder for students to obtain their absentee ballots um, to actually cast their votes. How have your family and friends back at home been reacting to this race? Yeah, so it's actually been really inspiring watching all of my friends on social media and in conversation with them talk about politics in Houston right now or in Texas in general. Um, because I've never seen my friends and other other young people be so motivated and encouraging about voting this year. So everyone is team Beto, <laughs> at least among my friends and my family, um, on one part because everyone's kind of tired of Ted Cruz and um, his inability to really speak for a lot of um, POC and low-income communities in Texas. So as a person of color um, who's first-gen American and um, identifies as low-income, it's really important for me to see um, someone who understands that as much as they can, um, even if they're not those from that background. Um, Beto just seems to kind of get it and really wants to like work with us to make Texas better for all of us. All right, so I have a final question for both of you. Um, why are you voting in this midterm election on Tuesday? This is the most important election of my lifetime. Um, well, I hope it is, and <laughs> that I hope the political situation is never as tense as it is right now again. We need strong senators and strong Congress people who are willing to not only sort of stand up for the party, but stand up for what is right, not just for our country, but for the nation, or not just for our country, but for the world. Um, and for people in general, regardless of whether they're citizens or not. Uh, to be honest, I don't think I'm going to be able to vote in this election just because my absentee ballot has not gotten here, um, which is incredibly frustrating. Um, on the one hand, just because I really wanted to vote. Um, it's, like I said, like it's so inspiring to see all my friends be so energized in this election and because I've never seen them so energized and I've never seen young people so energized um, because we're frustrated. But at the same time, I think a lot of my friends and I um, feel disillusioned with American politics right now because it's predicted that Beto is not going to win. Um, even with all of this push for Beto, um, all these hashtags, all these posts, all these celebrities saying that you need to vote, um, he's probably not going to win. Ted Cruz has a lot of money behind him. Republicans have held that position for so long. Um, Texas has been notoriously a red state for so long and it's just known as it and so a lot of people are like well there's no point because Ted Cruz is going to win um which is really sad vote so your voice is heard um I think that vote a lot of people again feel disillusioned because it feels pointless and it feels like nobody's voice matters because everything is so much bigger than us but it's not because it starts with us um and even if you're not going to vote even if you're going to tell your friend to vote um it's really important to just have those conversations about why politics matter and why we're the forefront of political movements today.
Yeah, so regardless of who you're voting for, um, you know, if you, if you don't vote, you're essentially giving two votes to the other side. And so just keep that in mind for all the people who might feel like they, they don't have a say because you do. It's just about trying, because at the end of the day, that's all we can do when Republicans have control of the executive branch, the legislative branch, and now they have control of the courts. The only way that we're ever going to try and the only way we're ever going to be able to work against turning that around is by voting, uh, because that's really all we have left at this point. I also want to say that Beto O'Rourke is not the last Beto O'Rourke. Um, and he is going to be one of many as long as we keep speaking and we keep arguing and we keep voting, but also just talking about it. Um, and so, like, I don't know, I want people, I want young people to just keep pushing because I think it's really dangerous for us to kind of give up right now. And I really don't want us to. Georgia's governor's race between Democrat Stacey Abrams and Republican Brian Kemp is a potentially historic one. Abrams is currently the minority leader of the Georgia House of Representatives and is the first black female gubernatorial candidate for a major party in the U.S. Georgia has grown purpler as its demographics shift, and November could bring a national democratic wave driven by women and people of color. But in a state that hasn't elected a democratic governor in two decades, Abrams remains an underdog. Regardless of the outcome, this election will define what the state of Georgia represents and how it's perceived. We have Jyot Singh, a sophomore in Silliman College here in the studio today. Jyot, as a native of Georgia, what are your thoughts about the race in your state? I've seen the changing demographics in uh, the area I live, but also the, the state as a whole, because uh, when I was working on the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign in Georgia when I was in high school, um, you know, the, a lot of the work we did, we had 13 regional field offices, so a lot of the work we did, we saw results. So everywhere we had an office that was already uh, a red state, we flipped blue in 2016. You know, once you're in the ground, once you're on the state, then, you know, I feel like you'll, you'll, you'll have a feel of uh, what Stacey Abrams is doing right now and what we, hopefully, ideally, uh, she wins in uh, three days. Donald Trump has publicly voiced his opinion on this race, saying that Georgia is in big, big trouble if Stacey Abrams were to win, calling her not qualified. Unqualified. That is ridiculous because Brian Kemp, I believe, he's only held the office of Secretary of State and not a public office before that. Um, you know, she's been in public service for a majority of her life, as well as being an attorney. But I, I don't get, you know, why Donald Trump can say that when he's not even qualified to be president. Why are you going to vote in this midterm election on Tuesday? Yeah, I really don't like it when people say, like, politics doesn't affect me. Politics might not affect them personally, but on a macro scale, it affects you know, the community you live in, especially in the state of Georgia. Like, yeah, you know, there's a little bubble, a little blue bubble, Atlanta and the surrounding areas, but then there are also blue parts where, we, you know, that flipped in 2016. You know, if every person is saying that my vote won't count, blah, 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 we're in the state of Georgia, it's never going to flip. Blue, like, just look at Alabama, you know, Doug Jones pulled it off. I feel like Beto O'Rourke is going to pull it off. Uh, Stacey Abrams can definitely pull it off. So that's why voting is important to me, because it does affect me personally. It does affect the communities we live in. And I know the state of Georgia is capable of doing great things, you know. It's the, ne it's the next southern state that's going to flip, and I, ideally it's just the start. I have a good friend of mine, Alvin Winston, here with me in the studio today. Alvin's a sophomore in Branford College and was born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. So, Alvin, what would you say, personally and generally speaking, 
is the significance of an African-American woman running for governor in the state of Georgia? I would say on a personal level, it's something that's so deep. As an African-American, especially seeing that type of representation at the state level, I think to me shows that it is possible for us to go on and have these high political positions and that we're moving beyond a time where our race stops us from being able to gain the respect of our white and non-black counterparts. My mom also went to Spelman, a historically black college in Atlanta with Stacey Abrams, and they were classmates. And it's so awesome hearing my mom tell me stories about what Stacey Abrams was like when they were in college and when they were taking early childhood education classes together. And to be able to have that connection to someone who can possibly go on to be the governor of our state, I think it's huge. Yeah, so you grew up your whole life in Atlanta. What has been the response in your community to Stacey Abrams running? So, of course, I would say, like, as with a lot of people, I can be a bit self-selecting in terms of who I'm friends with. So my friend groups tend to skew liberally. So have just felt a lot of buzz and excitement around this campaign. All right. So my last question is, why are you choosing to vote in this midterm election on Tuesday? I'm voting in the election on Tuesday because we're living in a time now in 2018 where as an African-American man, I'm able to have agency. I'm able to have political agency in terms of determining who it is I want to represent me. And I feel like it would be an insult to my ancestors, an insult to the people before me who didn't have that agency or to the people who fought and lost their lives so that I could have that agency. It would be an insult for me to turn down the opportunity to even cast a ballot in an, one in an election that's so important in an election that means so much to African-American communities in Georgia. But it would also be an insult to I would say all residents in the state of Georgia, regardless of what our race is. Hi, my name is Sal Rao and I'm the president of the YCC. Voting is important because it ensures that the best and most qualified people keep our country running at all levels of government, federal, state, and local. Hi, my name is Chloe Glass. I'm in Timothy Dwight College, class of 2021. And uh, voting matters to me because in the 2016 elections, I wasn't able to vote because I wasn't old enough. And I've seen since then how Trump's hateful rhetoric has really negatively impacted so many people. And so this midterms election, I'm determined to stand with my peers and um, elect politicians who will respect me and our existence. Eli Sabin, a first year in Hopper College, is a Democratic co-chair for Ward 1 and the campaign manager for State Representative Roland Lamar. He grew up in New Haven and has worked on local, state, and federal campaigns in Connecticut. Since coming to Yale, he's gotten involved with the Yale Democrats and is hoping to use his role on New Haven's Democratic Town Committee to help drive Yaleys to the polls on Tuesday. Eli, can you give us some personal background and talk about your experience working as a Democratic co-chair for Ward 1? Yeah, so I grew up in East Rock in New Haven, which is just a couple miles down the road. Um, and I went to school in New Haven. And um, in the last couple of years, I've gotten very involved in local and state politics um, just because I feel like it's one of the best ways that you can um, try to fight for your community and make things better in the place that you live. 
So I was just appointed to the Democratic Town Committee, um, I think, a couple weeks ago. So I'm new to the role, but I'm getting started, and it's been a lot of interesting work so far. My role has been um, coordinating with the Democrats and the Democratic Town Committee to make sure that we're knocking on doors, calling people, texting people, um, putting up posters and lawn signs um, so that everybody's aware that there's a very important election coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about what this midterm election means for Connecticut? Well, I think the, what it comes down to is whether we have a governor in the for the next four years who cares about working people, cares about um, minorities, cares about our, our cities, especially New Haven. Great. So I have one last question. Why are you voting in these midterm elections on Tuesday? Well, I'm voting for New Haven because as a city resident, um, I have a lot of civic pride in my, my community, and I know that Ned Lamont's going to be fighting for New Haven and fighting for um, all the people who live here, the, the people who are unemployed, people in poverty, um, because New Haven is a great city, but we have our problems, and we need a governor who's going to um, fight for our city residents. If there's anything you take away from this episode, I hope it's the knowledge that your vote counts and you can help determine the future of our country's politics. For Connecticut listeners, the link in the description will tell you exactly where you're registered to vote and the corresponding polling place. If you've forgotten to register to vote in this year's election, Connecticut has same-day registration. You'll just need to bring some basic identification and residency documentation to City Hall on Tuesday, register, and cast your ballot. So get out to the polls tomorrow, and I hope to see you there. That's it for this episode of Cross Campus. I'm Allison Park, and I'll talk to you in our next episode.